is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. A younger agony for Pompey, whose playoff hopes are confirmed to be over after late heartbreak in Lancashire. Corner comes in, Bazunu claims it, drops it, and in the back of the net! And the referee's deemed that's a legitimate goal! And Jonah Ayunga from close range has stabbed the ball into the back of the net! And in the 93rd minute, Porter have conceded an equaliser! The Blues will be playing League One football for a sixth consecutive season starting in July with yesterday's one-all draw with Morecambe verifying the club's status in the third tier. Although Danny Cowley believes his side should be living to fight another day amid a controversy surrounding the 93rd minute equaliser. Gladden's in the air. He's about to catch the ball. There's a clear foul to Andy Push. There's a massive foul by Cole Stockton on Conor Ogilvy that ends up with Cole Stockton pushing Conor Ogilvy into the Gavin as well. It was just so obvious, so blatant, but he hasn't got it right. Tonight we'll be hearing the post-match comments of the gaffer as well as reviewing the action for ourselves too. Pompey women's boss Jay Sadler will also be featuring on the show this evening. He spoke after his side's league win over Bridgewater United on Sunday. It's been a lot of games in quick succession, so we're to make these changes and ask upon them. I'm proud of the players, but I'm also proud of my staff too. I think tactically we got it right today. Massive kudos to them and we've got to enjoy this moment. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along to the latest edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app today to view up-to-date timetables and fair prices too. You can do that from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. Coming up on the show tonight, we'll be speaking to two more Blues fans to review the events of Pompey's one-all draw with Morecambe at the Mazuma Stadium, as well as to look ahead to the final three games of the season. And as you heard just now, we're here from both head coaches, Danny Carley and Jay Sadler, between now and 7 o'clock. And of course, this evening, we'd love to hear the thoughts of you back home too. All the usual ways, it's at ExpressFM if you're on Twitter. 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word Express. You can email Pompey at ExpressFM.com or find us over at Facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. So the Blues went into their Easter Monday clash with the Shrimps off the back of consecutive victories on home turf over Rotherham United and Lincoln City. It was to be their third game in the space of just six days and despite those wins at Fratton, any hopes of a top six finish were slowly fading as we edged closer and closer to the end of the season. Here's how it all unfolded up in Lancashire yesterday afternoon. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoots scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. And we're ready to get this one underway. Well, that's a lovely ball from Stockton. And here's Connolly into the penalty area for Morecambe. First sight of goal. Fells it! And he's put it just wide. We were 
directly behind that. I thought that was curling inside the post. It's behind a goal kick and still nil now. Who's chipped forward? Ragged gets above Stockton, but Nahua gets the second ball, 25 yards out, trying to work a shooting opportunity on his left foot. Does so, and no hit the post. Brilliant save by Bazunu. He's tipped it onto the inside of the post, and it's rolled back along the goal line and gone behind for a corner kick. I thought it was in. It's nil nil. Stockton, great save, second one. Oh, how's he saved that? That's brilliant at a second attempt from Bazunu responsibility that it's still nil-nil here at the Mizunu Stadium. Robertson brings the ball forward, chips it in towards the penalty area, Curtis the target, not a cross goal, and it's gathered by Raggett, who scores a great goal on the turn! Sean Raggett, that's a centre-forwards finish, one to control, one to spin, and it's in off the post, and Portsmouth against the run of play lead, Morecambe nil, Portsmouth one. Conley on the right side, slightly behind him, oh but a lovely reverse ball, Farnay's into the box here, what can Farnay do? Works, Docton, saved by Bazunu. Carter, Pompey then win it back, and Louis Thompson decides to drive forward, it's a great run from Thompson to the edge of the box, still going Thompson, Thompson trying to lay it off for Hurst, I think if that's on the right side he shoots with his right foot, didn't want to on his left, ball goes out, Morecambe throw, still 1-0 to Portsmouth, won by Morecambe, and they quickly get the ball forward to Stockton, who's surrounded by Raggett and Thompson, and he gets away from them initially, edge of the box, lays it off, Charles Phillips well wide, he could have taken a touch perhaps, but Morecambe snatching at chances, and Pompey still leading 1-0, Hurst edge of the box, back hill, finds O'Brien, O'Brien round the corner to Carter, nice from Pompey, Carter, dead ball, and pulls it back, and Hurst effort is blocked, good defending from Morecambe at the near post, Diagaraga for Morecambe, outside the box, here's Nahua, trying to break into the penalty area, trying to go round Ogilvy, cross comes in, loose, and it's in the back of the net, disallowed we can see that one from here that's one of the easier ones for Bobby Radley and it's still Morecambe nil port as well final whistle goes cheered by the Morecambe fans they're happy with the point they've got Portsmouth are formally condemned to a sixth consecutive season of League One football they've been pegged back in stoppage time it's finished Morecambe one Portsmouth one Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of Pompey's one-all draw with Morecambe yesterday afternoon, provided by our colleagues Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham from BBC Radio Solent. OK, let's go through the rest of the results from the Easter Monday fixtures now then. AFC Wimbledon and Wickham were locked in a one-all draw at Plough Lane, while Bolton were 3-1 victors over Accrington Stanley. Gillingham and Fleetwood were both reduced to 10 men in a crunch game at the bottom of the table with both sides fighting to stay in League One but that match at Priestfield ended goalless Lincoln beat Cheltenham 3-0 on home soil the game between Plymouth and Sunderland ended 0-0 and finally at New Meadow Doncaster Rovers lived to fight another day they were 3-0 down at half time but returned with a spirited second half comeback including a 94th minute equaliser to take home a point with a game ending 3-3 so now the table is looking a little like this Wigan and Rotherham remain in the top two so they're not in action until tonight as with MK Dons who are still third they're also playing this evening Plymouth, Wickham and Sunderland occupy the playoff positions with Sheffield Wednesday and Oxford lurking outside the top six as the only sides who can now catch up with those above them. Yesterday's draw with Morecambe ensures Pompey are mathematically out of running for a top six finish. So the Blues will be playing League One football again next season for a sixth consecutive year. 
At the bottom, of course, Crew are already down and out in 24th. Doncaster avoided relegation with their three-all draw yesterday, but let's be honest, that only delayed the inevitable. They're now six points adrift to safety with just two games left to play and a considerably worse goal difference. Wimbledon are 22nd with 36 points and four behind safety. Fleetwood 21st and just a point above, uh, a point behind, sorry, Gillingham in 20th. But the Jills do have a crucial game in hand. Morecambe are in 19th with 42 points, three points above the relegation zone with two matches remaining. All teams above now mathematically safe from the drop. And looking up to the Championship too, uh, some big changes involving next season's League One lineup. Derby County were relegated yesterday following a 1-0 defeat to Queen's Park Rangers, coinciding with uh, Reading securing a big point at home to Swansea City. That game ended Reading 4 Swansea 4. Right then, it is time to welcome our two guests for this evening's show. First and foremost, a very good evening uh, to an incredibly... We've got a stranger in the studio, Sam Carter. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jake. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Your 28th appearance uh, on the Footblower under my guidance. We were working out earlier. Yeah, I know. I'm getting a bit um, of a radio veteran these days, aren't I? <laughs> Alongside us, uh, we've got Mark McGee, who uh, only joined me last season. But Mark, you're becoming a bit of a regular self yourself. Great to see you, mate. Thank you for coming on and speaking to us. Thanks for having me, Jake. Right, let's go back to go back to the action, Sam. Um, Pompey, Waddle draw away at Morecambe. It condemns us to another year in League One. Mm. How, are you, how are you feeling after that? Well, I, I said to you, didn't I, in, um, before, um, it, we've pretty much ended our season mathematically in the most Pompey way possible with a 93rd minute equaliser away at Morecambe. Um, if there was a way to do it, then that would be the Pompey way. But... You know, I mean, we. I think last time uh, I was on, we were saying, you know, we're a bit more consigned to maybe not making the playoffs. A bit, a bit hopeful still, but um, maybe coming to terms with it a bit. Now it's it's um, official. It's it's obviously still a bit raw. It was only yesterday, but you know, I mean, we we've said all along. We've said this is a a, a bit of a. We wanted playoffs. We we kind of expected playoffs, but we we said it was a bit of a. Let's just see what the Cowleys do. Obviously, that's a discussion to have in the summer once it's all settled. Um, but, yeah, I I can't say I'm too disappointed. I've never once this whole season ended up thinking we should be in the playoffs. It's always been a, I hope we get playoffs. So, you know, I'm a bit neutral about it all, if I'm honest. Yeah. And arguably, you know, there's going to be frustration around the camp, Mark, due to the fact that this is going to be a sixth season in League One. You know, supporters just want to get out of this division. They want to see success on the pitch after, you know, what, what seems to be an eternity in this division. But, you know, like, like Sam's saying there, I think throughout the entire campaign, the majority of fans will will have just succumbed to the fact that this is a trans, transition season. But maybe we are, you know, a side not good enough to finish in the top six or, you know, chasing a top six finish, never really worthy of a discussion talking about the automatic places it's just now we've got to the stage where mathematically it's confirmed and, and our fate is sealed it just feels a bit gut-wrenching gut -wrenching, especially in the manner of which it happened yeah I think you're right Jake um, I mean like I say uh, I think it is a season of transition and I think we need to sort of get on board with that and mentally sort of um, get used to the fact that this season has has been that season it's, it's been a season where we've been able to build a, a strong spine to our squad. Okay, we've had a lot of lone players, but I feel like now going into next season with that spine, Danny Canley can sound, uh, sign some some quality players on top of the ones we've already got. And I think, I think next season will be a lot different. I think if we can produce the form we produced in the second half of this season, uh, next season I think you know it'll be a, it'll be a good year. 
Sam, you know, one of my favourite players, the GOAT, Sean Raggett. Incredible season this season, one of the most improved performers from last mm. season. Um, what a goal yeah. on Monday. What a, what a fantastic finish uh, to put Pompey 1-0 up just before the half-time break. Not sure what he was doing so far at the pitch. <laughs> wasn't a set piece, no corner or anything, just just a simple attack. And Sean Raggett was just, just on the edge of the six-yard box. Fantastic knockdown into him. Great touch, swivel into the top mm. end, sort of just kissing the post on the way in. Fantastic strikers finish, stick him up top. I oh, know. No, but I think that really is the credit to him. I think Matt Clark kind of started that hunger in a Pompey fan to have a centre-back that can make those runs forward. We we had Adam Webster that liked to do it as well. Obviously, those two have um, found their level a lot higher up because of that. Um, but again, Burgie as well, he, he developed into that kind of thing. And, and when we when we maybe saw Sean Raggett in his first few months as a Pompey player, we thought, well... He's a good centre half, but I don't think we'll be expecting much of those kind of things. But you know, like like you said, why, what's he doing up there? But he's he made good use of it, and he has really, really developed his game this season. And he's he's not just when well, you look at him when missing his two front teeth. He's like six foot, whatever. He's he's a big lad, and you just think you know a, a lump hit centre half. But he's he's really, really developed his game this season, and, yeah. and especially under the Cowleys, they play a, a bit more. Well, out the back, and and again, we thought maybe he wasn't the player for that, but yeah, no credit to him because he really, really has had a very good season. Yeah, Sean Raggett, Mark, a player who who gives his all every game. He puts his body on the line for the team, and you know, not just in in, in a defensive manner, as Sam's mentioning there, but going forward, providing the goals this season as well. A player who you know, contract discussions are open at the moment, heading into next season. A player, in your opinion, Pompey should try and keep hold of, or, or certainly should be at the top of that priority list. Oh God, yeah, he's got to be, if not one of our best players, he's got to be a shoe in for me for player of the season. If not, you know, in, in the conversation, he's been consistent. He's led by example the whole season, and he just goes to show that, um, you know, he shouldn't judge a book by his cover. You know, we we seldom give a player a chance down this end, and when we have give given a player a chance like Sean Raggett, who got you know a, a hard first few months here, he's he's now like you know almost in a Burgey sort of. Matt Clark figure of, of of how important he is in that back line. So, yeah, he's it's got to be a, next season. We've got to build a team around a player like him and and look to sign more players like him. Yeah, can lead. Eight one four hundred is the number to text this evening if you'd like to get involved with the conversation. Make sure you start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Dave Byrne has done exactly that on the emails. Good evening, Dave. Thank you for getting in touch. And I think this email will uh, will please yourself, Mark. Um, I think the post match analysis for the Morgan game reads much like many others this season, unfortunately. Danny and Nicky should be in no doubt as to what we now need to improve at least by 20% next season if we are to be successful in this division. When we were promoted in 2017, I argued and debated with my mates that it would take us another five years to get out of League One. It's turned out that even I had overestimated how we would progress in this division. And this is the bit you're going to like, Mark. Sean Raggett has to be our player of the season. And what a novelty it would be if he had won that and uh, was still at Pompey next season. Fingers crossed the owners will back the Cowleys for what will be the biggest of their free transfer windows so far. Dave, in lists on the emails. Um, Mark mentioned it there. 
Sam, about Sean Raggett, and you, you of course touched upon Sean Raggett and his contributions yesterday and throughout the season, but in terms of in the conversation to being one of Pompey's players of a season, mm. um, Gavin Bazunu mm. is obviously going to probably top that list. Yeah. Um, let, let's face it, Gavin Bazunu will be player of the season. <laughs> um, yeah. But Sean Raggett, if it wasn't for Gav, would be. Yeah, um, I agree. We've, we've had times where we haven't had a sturdy defence but I think our defence has been the best part of our team this season um, and obviously that's been spearheaded by Gav back in between the sticks he's been an absolute revelation obviously was at Rochdale last season and I do remember thinking he looked alright for his age but he was at a Rochdale team that was pretty terrible um, but yeah he's, he's come on leaps and bounds this season um, you could put count the number of mistakes he's made on, a, on, on one hand and you know you'd have a pretty long list of times he's kept us in a game. So and that's what you want in your keeper. But yeah, no, Raggett definitely um, has to be the second. Oh, I mean, you never know; it could swing that way because you don't really want to give it to a loney. You no. want to give it to a player we have under on our books. But you know, yeah, I, I think it is Gavin. But yeah, no, Sean should definitely be in the discussion. If Gavin Bazunu does win the Player of the Season award, Mark, what story does that tell you? as to how Pompey's season's gone this year? I think it's just it just goes to show that we haven't really made a, a, a decent permanent signing, I think, if, more, if I'm honest. I think our best players this season, apart from Sean Raggett, have been loanies. So we've had to rely on the, 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 you know, the, the top clubs and, and uh, you know, we've had to rely on loans, which is not, where you, it's not really the basis in which I think you build a, a title charge or a title mm. challenge. I feel like you need to... I think this window now, coming this summer... We need to, instead of getting those loan players that help bulk our team up and give us that edge, I think now we've got the spine of our team. We need to be looking at signing permanent players who are going to push us for that promotion charge next season. So that's that's the story I think we've had this season. We've had to rely on the quality of others, unfortunately. And yeah, you can't you can't build a team around loanies. No. Mark, thank you very much. Right, we are just coming up to 20 past six now, which means it is time for a very quick break here on Express FM. More reaction to come from the Blues one all draw with Morecambe, with myself, Sam and Mark. I will also hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley. I thought we were a team that looked like we played three games in six days. I thought the group gave everything that they had. It was clear in the dying moments of that game that we were running an empty, which you anticipate with such a small squad and the games coming as thick and fast as they have. Stick around here to Express FM for even more passionate Pompey discussion. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Hello there and welcome back to the Football Hour, which is driven to you tonight by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you through Hampshire and across the South Coast with ease and at a low cost too. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information. I'm joined this evening by Sam Carter and Mark McGee to review the events of yesterday's one-all draw at Morecambe. But before I welcome those two back in, let's hear what Danny Cowley had to say after the full-time whistle. Danny, what's your, your emotions after that one? We're really frustrated, angry. You know, we, we get we get asked by the EFL to play three games in six days, which is ridiculous. Four games in, in nine days. Um, yeah, we're absolutely empty the tank. We get right to the dire moments. We're going to get a really well-earned one-nil away win, and the referee misses three fouls that, that leads to a, to to their goal. And I just uh, it's just unacceptable that he can't see that sorry I've watched it back it's clear it's right in front of him um, just not good enough at the, the quality of refereeing hasn't been good enough all season um, 
I very rarely moan about the referees, but key decisions, that's the one they're interested in. Don't get much more key than that because that has a huge effect and, in, and an impact on the league. What did Bobby Madley say to you when he came over to the touchline after the goal? Just that he didn't think it was a foul, even though his fourth official did, even though their goalkeeper coach did. And their, 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 their number two goalkeeper come out over, shaking hands with him, saying, you missed a massive foul there. It's everyone, anyone who knows anything about football. Gavin's in the air. He's about to catch the ball. There's a clear foul to Andy Cush. There's a massive foul by Cole Stockton on Conor Ogilvy that ends up Con- that ends up with Cole Stockton pushing Conor Ogilvy into into Gavin as well. It was just so obvious, so blatant, but he hasn't got it right. And it's something that we've got to suffer. And I feel sorry for our supporters. They travel the length of the country, the length of the country to support the players. And we just want some consistency, just want some fairness, and um, we haven't got that today, unfortunately. What, what would you say about the uh, putting that aside about the performance up, up to that point? I thought we were a team that looked like we played three games in six days. I thought the group gave everything that they had. It was clear in the in the in the dying moments of that game that, that we were we were running on empty, which you anticipate with such a small squad and the games come as thick and fast as they have. But yeah, I thought we'd done enough to get over the line and we're obviously disappointed because we, uh, you know, that would have been another clean sheet and a valuable three points. Fine goal from Sean Braggard in the first half. Yeah, it was a good goal. It was a good goal, yeah. Good good ball by Clark Robertson, diagonal ball. Um, good win by uh, Ronan Curtis on the back post. And yeah, nice finish from Sean. General obviously travelled, but not quite fit enough to play today. Yeah, credit to him. He wanted to give himself the best possible chance, but... With dead legs, sometimes you, you, you suffer from muscle inhibition where the muscle just doesn't have any power in it. Um, and he did a, did a, did a brief fitness test this morning, but it was quite clear that, that he wasn't going to make it. And now is it a couple of much-needed days off for the players? How do you how do you recover them and get them ready for, for Gillingham next week? Yeah, we'll, we'll obviously travel back this evening, we'll rest tomorrow, and then we'll um, start preparing for the Gillingham. Danny Cowley there with his post-match thoughts following yesterday's Waddle draw at Morecambe, a result which condensed Pompey to a sixth season in League One. Sam Carter and Mark McGee alongside me tonight to delve into that game and to look ahead to Pompey's remaining three matches of the season. Sam, the foul on Gavin Bazunu slash Conor Ogilvy, Carl Stockton, with controversy surrounding the goal. Mm. You've seen it back on the replay. Where do you stand? It's a tough one, isn't it? You, you you look at it and you think, whenever there's a contentious foul on a keeper, if it's your keeper, mm-hmm. you're, you're screaming and you're saying, "Wow, come on, that's that's a foul." If it if it's the other end and it's on their keeper, it's oh, keepers yeah. these days they get away with murder. So, I think it's it definitely falls into that category. Um, but you know, I mean, things like that happen, and when you're playing a team that's more in a relegation battle uh, and a team like Morecambe who have done very well this season no disrespect to them at all but we should be beaten you shouldn't be relying on a 1-0 lead that late in the game really you should be putting it to bed and I think that has been the issue we've had a lot of times this season We've, we've not put the games to bed I know ironically we have in the last two games we've scored three goals in in both the home games but yeah I think that's been our main issue and that that's the only thing I can take away from it is you, you shouldn't really have been put in that position. Yeah, it, is it an excuse? However, um, if if I was to say to you, that's fair enough. But 
yesterday was Pompey's third game in the space of oh, just yeah. six days. You come up against Morecambe, they are fighting for their lives at mm. the bottom of the, of the table. Two for now, you've got you know rotation in the squad. Danny Cowley, of course, naming Williams alongside uh, Tunnicliffe for the game. Um, Thompson coming on in the second half, Romeo coming on mm. to assure things up. The, the team did look a bit knackered. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not an excuse, but it, it does play a big part in that. And oh, you could yeah, see why yeah. Morecambe battering and battering the defence. At some point, it was going to give way, and it just did yeah. in the 93rd minute. And it is, like you say as well, obviously, when, when you have a team that's fighting for their lives towards the end of the season, they're, they're potentially harder to play than some of the top teams. Um, so when you have then played three games in six days then of course that's gonna that is gonna really be quite difficult so you know I know we keep saying it's not an excuse but it is a pretty good one yeah. uh, Brian Pomery on Facebook says last minute of the game just punch it up to halfway line thank you Brian um, James an older shot on text our away performances have been poor and we should be questioning the Cowley's game strategy when we are trying to hang on to marginal leads rather than push on and close matches out also unless we take, unless we make major permanent signings I don't see much optimism for next season says James in older shot Mark, I'm going to throw you a very tough question here. Uh, James's text questioning Cowley's game strategy, particularly away from home. Are you in agreement or not? Uh, it's, it's a tough one. I think um, having not seen the full 90 minutes, it's, it's, it is hard because the fact that Sean Maggot's got our only goal there probably suggests that attacking-wise on the day, we weren't up to our best. So saying that we should have scored more and we were relying on 1-0 probably isn't correct. We probably just weren't firing on all cylinders. So, um, yeah, it's so easy to sit here and blame our team for, for not holding a 1-0 lead against, you know, a team who was playing at home on the day. Mm. Did probably have the full support of their fans, probably running on some high adrenaline when we're probably already mentally checked out the season. So there's a lot of factors that I think you have to really put into uh, the reason why we why we may have not held on to that that uh, the victory. So I don't know. I feel like, I think that'd be quite harsh to sort of blame the Cowleys for maybe not game managing it correctly. I think you've got to sort of just take the rough of the smooth and accept the fact that Morecambe probably were just <laughs> probably wanted the result a lot more than we did. Now our season is practically uh, over anyway. So yeah. Of course, the emotion is still raw at the moment because it is just over 24 hours since that game ended yesterday, Sam. Um, of course, you know, 93rd minute to be one up to throw away that lead away from home to have your season officially ended um, at that game yesterday is it, obviously going to cause a lot of anger and frustration. But dare I be devil's advocate when I say the last three games, seven points out of a possible nine mm. against Rotherham, who are up there challenging for autos. Morgan fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. Lincoln, all right, they're hit and miss. Seven points is not a bad return. No. It's just come at a really bad stage of the season. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, Sorry, I'll turn yeah. your mic up. Cheers, Jamie. Here we go. Um, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no one expected the Rotherham result, I think. That was a real shock. And... You know, maybe that was the change of the t- tactic we had, uh, moving back to four in the back and and going at it a bit more. Um, I don't think maybe Rotherham were expecting that. So, um, yeah, we, it is a good return. Seven points from those um, three games is definitely a good return. Um, it was it's a lot more positive as well because I think we we were looking at the fixtures, maybe thinking it would be a bit more of a struggle than it has been so far. 
Um, so, to, you know, when those three games come out, like like we just discussed as well, when they come over a six-day period to get the seven points, that that's a much, much bigger achievement, especially when the last of those is so far away, um, when you've already got those tired legs and a small squad like ours. So, yeah, no, it, there, there are definitely positives to take out of it, but it's just a shame that, obviously, the very last minute of those three games is the one bad moment from them. Yeah. So, obviously, okay. everyone's going to have to focus on that. So, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you, you do need to put a bit more perspective onto it. Yeah. I think, as well, on the balance of things, Mark, you look back at yesterday's game, it was by nowhere near Pompey's worst performance of the season. You know, you look back at the defeat at Cheltenham not long ago, uh, the away loss at, at Rotherham towards the first half of the season then just a few days later the 4-0 defeat at home to Ipswich there have been far worse performances this season and I think if Pompey had held out for a 1-0 lead or a 1-0 win yesterday you could probably look at that as a as a professionally fought three points unfortunately as we've already mentioned Morecambe with their fight and their desire and probably a little bit more freshness than Pompey had on the day just got there in the end and and, and I hate to sound like Kenny Jacket, but that's football <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, is he? That's sometimes that happens. It's it's an incredible story for Morecambe. Unfortunately, we were on the receding end of, end of it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, um, uh, I think you just got to be honest and, and look at the game and, and look at our our season and use that uh, as a basis of of you know working out our expectations really for yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wasn't expecting us to go to Morecambe and completely walk over them. And I think anyone who was expecting that. Probably has chosen when they want to when they when they want to watch the Pompey games this season and when they don't. I think I think yeah, we've hit a really good run of form at the wrong time of the season. But I probably think that you know a lot of players will probably be a bit demoralised and yeah, we mathematically probably still did have a chance yesterday of getting into the playoffs. But realistically, we were always clutching at straws. And if you're just waiting for the one result to come to end your season, I feel like you're never really going to be fully in it and have the full passion and desire to push push through the, to the end of the season one big positive from yesterday Sam on the way back from Morecambe stopped at the services Pompey team are there wouldn't normally get photos with players <laughs> at 23 years of age but Gavin Bazzuno mm. for potential that man's got the career he's going to have I had to yeah it's one of what those isn't it? You, he could very possibly go on and play week in week out for City I, I, I know it's, it's it's very easy to get carried away when we when you see a lower league play, um, oh, sorry a higher league player when you're in the lower leagues um, and they they perform well but I think we can all agree can't we like he's going far he's at least got to be playing championship football next season at least at least at least um, who's the most famous footballer you've ever had a photo with Sam um, Gavin Bazzuni's not mine yet but. God uh, you've put me on the hot seat there um, I genuinely can't think of one all that comes to mind is when I went to have a photo with Shaka Hislop that's right. literally the only one I can think of Mark or oh, a, a photo or God oh uh, Glenn Johnson and Sean Davies um, on the way up to Swindon <laughs> that was Fair a good enough. moment at the services mate yeah it was a good one lovely stuff anyway back to the action uh, another positive <laughs> from uh, from yesterday Mark an actual positive as well Pompey managed to keep quiet Cole Stockton, the league's top goal scorer, who managed to find the back of the net against every other side apart from Pompey. Yeah, that, I think that in itself is an achievement. Um, and I think, like uh, like Sam said, I think our defence has been probably one of our strong points this season. It's probably, I'd say, the position on the pitch or the area of the pitch that we probably need to worry about the least in the summer, I'd argue, um, especially if we can tie down Sean Raggett. So, 
Yeah, I think that's just, I think that shows that, you know, we've come an awful long way in terms of our defensive uh, lineup this season. So, yeah, no, they're definitely a positive takeaway from yesterday's performance, and that, that's definitely one of them. Big negative, though, Sam. Carl Stockton may not have scored, but uh, former Haven towards Louisville striker, yeah. Jonah Ayunga, who uh, we, we picked out before the game uh, on the Football Hour on Sunday as well, as the one to watch, because last season at Bristol Rovers, his maiden campaign in the Football League, only two goals and 30 appearances, both against Pompey in the same game. <laughs> This season, he's obviously second string. He he, he he sits off the bench during most games. Five goals in 30-odd appearances. It's not great, but as a, as a player who comes off the bench, yeah, you can't, can't really expect much more. But obviously, he had to be the man who got the goal, who got the goal yesterday, Jonah Inga. Yeah. Well, what's that, Jake? Like a former, you know, somehow connected to Pompey, yeah. tiny little way yeah. player getting a goal against Pompey? No, <laughs> surely not. Could never be John Marquis. <laughs> wow, true. <laughs> Uh, let's take a look at uh, some of the other talking points from yesterday then, of course. Uh, Clark Robertson coming back from what was a horrific injury at the start of the campaign, Mark. Uh, a real horrible injury to his back. The second half of the season, Clark Robertson's come back into this defensive unit, whether it's been a back three or a back four, a back five, back ten, whatever you want to call it. And alongside Sean Raggett, Hayden Carter, they've really developed some sort of understanding to be a decent force, despite some of the goals that have got in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, come on. I think those three centre halves there, arguably, any any League One team would take them. They can they, they could play in the best of League One teams. They could probably you know I'd argue that they they could all play in the Championship actually. So we've been very fortunate um, to have to have all three of them play for us this season. And it did take a while to work out what was the best team and what was the best way to play them. But um, yeah, it was really it was a really big signing actually in the summer when we we got Clark. I was I was really really happy with that. Um, it was it was gutting when we lost him because had he not been out for so long, would our season have been different? I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it would have had an impact. Sam, yeah, no, I I I think I might have said it at the time. Um, he's he's he was he's, he is club captain this year, isn't he? Yeah, he, he was nominated to be club captain. Not, yeah. It was never officially released, which mm. is bizarre because normally the club will release that at the start of yeah, the campaign. Yeah. But um, obviously, due to the injury, there were many other captains throughout the campaign. Well, I think yeah. Ryan Tunnicliffe adopted it as, at some point, and, and Sean Raggett's been in that, been in that role with, with Clark Robertson yeah. when Danny Carley rotated it. But whenever Clark Robertson's been on the pitch, yeah, he's been club captain. Yeah, so you have to assume he, he, he assumed that uh, leadership position in the squad. So, yeah, losing him, I mean, was a huge blow. So. And, and like you know, Mark said, no matter how hard it's been at the start of the season to find that way of them gelling, um, he would have been a key to working that out a bit sooner than we we eventually saw. Yeah, assuming Pompey aren't able to keep hold of Hayden Carter next season, Sam, um, it's very unlikely on loan mm. from Blackburn Rovers. Had an incredible half of the season since he's, he signed for the Blues on loan back in January. You expect him possibly to be playing championship football next season. That's if Blackburn or, or other suitors have been doing their homework and keeping mm. their eye on him. He's a fantastic player. Probably shouldn't be playing League One. But um, if Danny Carley can't secure his signature, I know he, he wants to. Yeah. We all want to. Whether it's a loan or a permanent, would you be happy with Sean Raggett and Clark Robertson alongside a new signing, dependent on who that is, of course? If, if I'm honest, um, I think centre-back... Just just going from like past um, experience with Pompey centre backs, I think it's kind of the easiest position to find someone decent. I just think the way you've seen Raggett's improvement, the way you've seen Burgess's improvement, the way Matt Clark came in as a complete unknown, the way Adam Webster improved, having been starting out as a right back. Yeah. I think 
we do somehow make very good centre-backs. So as much as I would love to see Hayden Carter play for us next season, um, mainly for the shirt sales with the name of Carter on the back would be quite cool. Um, just, you know, um, no, uh, I don't, I wouldn't panic. No. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought there was more to make. Yeah. Uh, okay, time is flying by this evening and I, I need a nap. We've got just under 20 minutes to go before handing over to the Decades Party at 7, but there is still plenty of time to have your say on the show this evening. Get in touch with all of your Pompey thoughts and questions following the one-all draw with Morecambe yesterday afternoon. Express is the word you need to put at the start of your text. Send those to 81400. Otherwise, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. In the third and final part of the show, we'll be getting more reaction to yesterday's stalemate, as well as hearing from head coach of the Pompey women, Jay Sadler, following their 2-0 win over Bridgewater United on Sunday. Mentality of these players is phenomenal. It has been phenomenal for the past few weeks. We've obviously changed system. We've had some real honest chats. We've asked more of the girls. We're playing for pride. We're playing for points. We're building momentum for next season. The conclusion of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour is coming up next. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time this evening after probably the shortest ad break in the world to the Football Hour here on the only radio station from the great waterfront city of Portsmouth, supported this season by Stagecoach across the south. Still to come tonight, we'll be hearing the post-match thoughts of Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler following their 2-0 win over Bridgewater United on Sunday. But first, more reactions come from yesterday's one draw at Morecambe. And we're going to look a little bit further afield to Pompey's remaining three games of the season. Sam Gillingham on Saturday. We are back to Saturday, Tuesday now. Um... They are one of the teams Pompey do not like playing against. Mm. They are what you'd call a bogey side, and they are scrapping, as were Morecambe yesterday, at the bottom end of the table. They're going to put up some fight at Fratton Park, and it's not going to be an easy game. We know that we've got nothing left to play for at the moment, so the result doesn't actually mean a lot. But you want to end the season on a high. Yeah, it's it's a hard one because... You, you like to think that professional footballers never enter holiday mode until the season's completely done. But, you know, it's it's hard to... It always does seem to happen. Um, I've seen a lot of talk, obviously, of people saying, should we now give the youngsters a go? And it, and then that's another argument as well. Like, does that just add to the holiday feeling? If And then it's... Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a real tricky thing to have. Um, obviously, again, it's another team that's scrapping um they're fighting for their lives so they're going to be very very up for it and like you've said they're a bit of a bit of a bogey team that we've had over the last few years so and and i think they'll relish in that as well yeah. um so it's going to be a very tricky one uh, i don't think we can expect to you know walk them over but you've got to have a bit of confidence haven't you in our players that that they'll, they'll want to put a show on oh, for, for the fans yeah. so you know We'll see. Uh, a, t- a tweet in from uh, David Crook says, What a Pompey uh, without uh, Clark Robertson. Gone under the radar a bit with his injury, but a really good signing and partnership with Sean Raggett. We were talking about that earlier, uh, Dave, as well. Wayne Harris, Pompey defended well again, but struggling more can the better side on the whole, with the better of the ball and more dangerous on the night. I don't, dis- I don't subscribe to blaming referees personally. We are very pedestrian and less direct, and to be neutral, we did not deserve it. Firepower needed in the summer and uh, firepower needed definitely 
in the summer mark heading into this transfer window this is the transfer window Danny and Nicky Carley told us to judge them on it's going to be a big one uh, defensively Sam has been banging the drum all evening tonight in the football hour that defensively Pompey are pretty stout and that's not an area of concern for, for the Cowley brothers but going forward you look at okay, George Hurst uh, a very decent second half to the season has become a fan's favourite it'd be great if we can try and get him back next season but ultimately he's not our player Tyler Walker on over from Coventry City is not set the world of light at all one goal a tap in away at crew Aidan O'Brien again out of contract in the summer I don't think many would argue uh, against Danny Carley signing him back up but certainly a lot of work to do in terms of firepower Mark yeah, firepower is going to be um, a, a real big issue and a real big uh, spot that we need to fill. I think the two things that obviously we need to work out, I think we need to... I think I'd like to see George Hurst be, be signed on because I really think that he's the first striker that I've seen suit the system that we're trying to play. I feel like the other strikers have come in, they've struggled, um, they've let the fans get on their back and uh, George Hurst is the first player I've seen actually manage that expectation well and provide the firepower and just have the mix that we're looking for up front. So I think the thing that I'd really like to see us look for in the summer is probably just that final third quality, something like Michael Jacobs with a little bit more pace would be nice, but obviously, yeah, we're going to have to see what this window brings and see whether the loan signings turn into permanence. But I think final third, final delivery is something that I'd really like to see us improve, especially in the summer. Yeah, no doubt about that, Sam. But uh, a question we've got on to Pompey Live quite a lot in the last few weeks is regarding a leader on the pitch for Pompey, mm. perhaps something that, that Danny Carley's side have lacked a little bit this season. Clark Robertson, we've already mentioned, um, a great a great acquisition and a, and a pretty good comeback from his injury uh, back in the first half of the season. It should be a, a, a decent, solid asset alongside Sean Raggett next season. But in terms of an actual leader, we expected that from Sean Williams a little bit. And I think you could probably fair, fairly say that fans have been a little bit underwhelmed by his contributions. Yeah, um... I think he had a very established career at Millwall and he, he flew that nest and um, it hasn't really... It, I think he was a bit settled in, in at home in Millwall and he, he didn't really know how to climb his highs to different surroundings, maybe. Um, it's not the first time either, Charlie Daniels. Yeah, exactly. What, what sign that was. But it, it, You sign these older players and I think you just... It's, it's a difficult one for them, I guess. They, they've got to they've got acclimatised to different league, a different standard of play, which okay is is, is less technically, but um, you know it's it's different. It might be a bit more physical, maybe in the lower leagues. Um, so you're getting older and you're having to keep up a bit more. So yeah, it, it's obviously difficult in different ways, but yeah, underwhelmed definitely. And it's going back to the leadership thing. Like, it can't be easy when your captain, like we said earlier, spends half the half the season on the sidelines. Um, he, he he's not even there in training. Obviously, he might be he might be there in in spirit on the sidelines, but he's not in there in the action with them. So, and then obviously, and as you said, it's been shared around. It's not been another player to then step in. And yeah, so you need that leadership role. We saw it with Doyle um, a, a load of years ago, and that was just it. Just goes to show that when you do have someone like that in the team. It, it, and you had Noel Hunt as well who didn't really play but he had it David Ford experienced professionals mm. that were leaders so yeah. yeah that's definitely something we we maybe need to look at in the summer Dave Byrne back on the emails now that our fate is sealed for this season 
It'd be good slash interesting slash sensible to give some of the younger fringe players some first team action. Uh, have at least three on the bench, regardless of the score of any of the games. Introduce them for 20 or 30 minutes in the second half to give them some experience. Barring early injury to one of the regular starters, it feels like we have little to lose and potentially more to gain. If fit, the likes of Harry Jewett White, Jay Mingi, Liam Vincent, Jaden Reed, and even Ollie Webber could benefit. Dave and Liss, who I think must have been earwigging on my conversation back from Morecambe yesterday because he's pretty much nailed exactly what I was saying back home. Um, that is probably more of a discussion ahead of Friday's show before we uh, preview Pompey's uh, game against Gillingham on Saturday, but certainly a very good point, Mark. With nothing left to play for this season, the likes of Jay Mingy, Jaden Reed, Liam Vincent, etc. They are the players that can benefit from this. Yeah, and I think I wouldn't be alone in saying that Jay Mingy... Um, you know, he's he's apparently received his rave reviews from his time on loan um, at, at Maidenhead, I think it was. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, Jaden Reed hasn't really had a chance. I feel really sorry for him. Um, you know, he obviously looked really exciting in pre-season. Uh, Liam Vincent signed from Bromley to a lot of, like, you know, quite excitement as well. I was very... I actually thought Liam Vincent would actually get a little bit more game time this season. I know he's young, but he seemed to come in with a lot of fanfare. So, yeah, I, I think now now the season's the signs still delivered. I would argue there's no reason why we can't see the younger players get a chance. Yeah, uh, like I said, you can join us again on Friday for uh, for more discussion on that subject. We'll be talking about Pompey's fringe players and youth players who could benefit from the lack of something to play for for the end of the season for Pompey. Hopefully we can see some of them in action as we head into the final three games of the season, of course, starting with the visit of Gillingham on Saturday. Pompey then host Wigan Athletic a week today. That's a 7.45 kickoff at Fratton Park. Wigan could indeed be promoted on that night as well. And then, of course, Pompey in the final game of the season 12.30 kickoff at Hillsborough on Saturday the 30th of April. And a final email here from Graham Wilkins who says, Hi Jake, hi all. Now that we can't make the playoffs this season, it would be nice to see some of our own players who haven't had any game time this season. The likes of Vincent, Mingy, Harry Jewett, White and others are ones who need game time. Although I know you've got to be professional to the end as other teams are still battling to stay up, etc. As for yesterday, as you mentioned before, you thought one all was a fair result as Bazunu kept us in this match more than once during the 90 minutes. I just wonder who will be between the sticks next season. Alex Bass or another loney? Graham Wilkins, thank you for getting in touch onto the show this evening. Yet again, another conversation for Friday in terms of who will be Pompey's number one next season. OK, well, it wasn't just the men in action this weekend. The Pompey women were too. The Blues travelled to fourth place Bridgewater United in the FA Women's National League, with Pompey sat seventh in the division. Sherelle Cassell and Emma Jones were on target to give Pompey all three points at Fairfax Park. And after the game, Max Watton spoke to head coach Jay Sadler to get his assessment of the match. Jay, there was so much against you in the lead-up to this game. You're missing key players. There's disrupted preparations, difficult conditions on the day, but you went out there and got the three points. How proud are you? Extremely proud. Extremely proud of all the players, all the staff. Um, yeah, we did, to be fair. There was a lot of elements that went against us today, things we can't control. Obviously, getting stuck in traffic on the way here. Preparations in the warm-up weren't great. Um, missing five key players as well so we're asking players to step up that haven't had much game time recently Shan coming back in um, Tonksy at the back as well Anisha coming back in five changes and three development team players up with us um, gaining experience too so we knew we had to start strong we knew that they were going to come at us and we had to withstand some pressure in that first half and, and we did that um, I think we controlled 
elements of the game well in that first half. Didn't really create much and, and had to call upon Han um, in one or two moments. And then in the second half, it was about how we can how we can grow into the game a bit. Can we get pressure on our back line? And, and we did that. I think our press was was superb, the, starting with the front three all the way through the whole team. And that kind of set the tone, set the tempo. And then to get a chance, and um, the pitch is not a great pitch. Um, disappointing pitch, if I'm being honest, at, at tier three football um, to try and play on this rock hard. So we've had to utilise it and Han with a great goal kick. It's fallen to Shirelle and what a finish that was. She's she's lobbed a few goalkeepers and, and to do it again today, it set us, gave us a real good platform then to go and get the second Sammy. Great ball down the line, Emma Jones. She tested the keeper moments before and then this one nestled in the bottom corner and then it was just about hanging on in moments. They they didn't really scare us at times. When they did get through us, we did have hands to call upon and I think she was superb today, probably arguably the best player on the pitch um, when asked. But a lot of the time when we didn't have the ball I think we controlled areas we kept it in front of us we kept our, our distances tight and another clean sheet out to add to the collection yeah that's eight clean sheets in the last 10 games what do you put this down to mentality of these players is phenomenal uh, it has been phenomenal for the past few weeks we've obviously changed system um, we've had some real honest chats um, we've asked more of the girls um, you could argue what we're playing for and we're playing for pride we're playing for points we're building momentum for next season and the girls have done that. I think the whole structure, they've got an understanding of what we want to, what we've asked of them in the press. And then also if they bypass the press or we're having to sit into our, our castle shape, how disciplined, compact we can be um, to gain control. And I think they've done that really well. Um, and I think also one of the biggest factors is how we've connected with the ball in possession. We're looking after it a lot better. We're creating better angles. Maybe not today. It's a lot harder to do that today. We had to play a little bit more direct than we wanted to. But I think our connections have enabled us to give us that platform. What does it say about the character of this group when you've got players like Shannon Aubrey and Rebecca Tonks, like you mentioned, coming coming back in and performing like that? The character's brilliant. It's a testament to them, um, especially for Tonksy, for example. Um, she was a mainstay in this team. Obviously, COVID's hit, and, and this year she's had some competition. She's had our competition, and she maybe hasn't got the minutes she deserved or, or, or she wanted. Um, and then calling upon her today, I think she was she was top today. I think the whole back line was superb. Yes, they had moments one or two and we expected that. Um, but I think to come back in and give a performance like that was brilliant. Likewise, the other four players that have started today, we've asked a lot of them. We're asking a lot of them. It's been a lot of games in quick succession, so we're having to make these changes and ask upon them. Um, even May young Macy at the end, we're throwing her on and, and asking her to do a role against Amy Goddard, who's a, a top, top centre-half in this league, and, and she's done just that. So I think I'm proud of the players, but I'm also proud of my staff too. I think tactically we got it right today. Massive kudos to them, and, and we've got to enjoy this moment. We've, we've got to take, savour this moment, coming away to an effective Bridgewater team, a team that are fourth in the league, a good side. And we've won 2-0. We've won 2-0 against a very good side. And we can enjoy this moment. And then we've got to prep for what will be a difficult challenge on Wednesday night. But we're going in that full of motivation, full of confidence too. Yeah, how are you feeling ahead of Wednesday? Excited. Excited. Obviously, we can, we can focus on that now. We can look forward to that occasion. Um, we can look forward to what will be another hard-fought South Coast derby. But one we're going into off 
good form. You mentioned in the stats there, we've lost one in our last 10 games. We're keeping clean sheets. We're playing good football. Today, we had to adapt. We had to play a different style to our game and, and the girls have shown that and that's what I'm extremely proud about is how we've adapted to today, overcome all the adversity that was thrown our way to get the victory and now we can look forward to that game. We'll, we'll obviously recover correctly. There's still moments that we want to improve. We're a team that's constantly improving, striving for excellence and there's moments today where we probably can be better in, in certain moments and then when you're coming up against the team that are ultimately looking to win the league title, you've got to be on it and we'll certainly be on it. Pompey women's head coach and occasional Pompey live analyst Jay Sadler there given his verdict after the Blues secured a 2-0 victory over Bridgewater United on Sunday afternoon. The girls are next in action on Wednesday night for the league fixture against Southampton. Tickets are on sale now for this South Coast derby priced at £3 for adults and under-18s go for free. It's a 7.45 kickoff tomorrow evening at St Mary's Stadium. Well, unfortunately, it is time to say goodbye to our two guests for this evening. Sam Carter, thank you for uh, joining us and thank you for your contribution tonight. Thank you very much, Jake. 28 and counting. 28 and counting. And also Mark McGee. Cheers, Mark. It has been a pleasure, as always, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you as well, of course, to all of our fantastic listeners for tuning in to the show this evening. Thank you to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. OK, I'll be back on Friday night for another edition of the Football Hour. We'll be previewing Pompey's home match against Gillingham, who are fighting at the foot of the table. And then that game will be live on your radios from 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon to see if Danny Cowley's side can return to winning ways. Myself and Robbie James will be joined by a very special guest as our third analyst here on Pompey Live from 2 o'clock on Saturday. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It is now mathematically confirmed that Pompey will be playing League One football next season as they drew 1-1 at Morecambe. Portsmouth are formally condemned to a sixth consecutive season of League One football. The next take on Gillingham at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey versus Gillingham will be right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Before then, however, as I've just mentioned, we've got plenty more to come here on the Football Hour. I'll be joined back on Friday night as we return to our normal time slot alongside Dean Adams and one more Pompey fan to preview Pompey's match against Gilligan. Henry Deacon will be back on the airways from 6 o'clock tomorrow for your latest non-league fix and a preview of that South Coast derby between Southampton and Pompey women at St Mary's. Also on offer tomorrow here on Express FM, you can wake up with Connor Mosley on Express Breakfast from 6.30 before joining from uh, Ian from 1 through till 4. He'll be keeping Keeping you company with just great songs with the lyric line and the victory ears as well as course from two o'clock. Mason Jordan returns with your drive home from four through till six before Henry takes over with Over the White Line. Russell Hill's country music show will be on air from seven until nine tomorrow night. Join Rusty for the latest live from a lounge session. New music from Ferrum's own Lizzie Beth and tunes from lo- more local artists including Katie Louise Ball, Bemis and Dead Crow Road. Scattering the roots with Dan Ogers between 9 and 11 with plenty of folk, blues and roots music before we end Wednesday with the Express wind down. Five games in League One this evening. Burton hosts Rotherham, Cambridge United take on Charlton, Ipswich welcome Wigan Athletics, Portman Road, MK Dons travel to Oxford and Sheffield Wednesday at home to relegated crew Alexandra tonight. All 7.45 kickoffs until Friday. Pompey fans have a fantastic week. Stay safe and of course, play at Pompey. Good night and thank you for listening.